the shift in what our society does as far as purchasing habits and everything. Um, if we don't think this is going to have a huge impact and change people of what they do tomorrow versus what they did yesterday. Um, businesses are going to miss out because they're not ready for that. As they're going through this, the questions they need to be asking is, what did we see happen right now? What do we think is real, being that it's real and it's going to extend? And how are we going to change our business and our model and what we look at when this is over? The ones who do that right, when this thing calms down, those are the ones who are going to better shift into that, what tomorrow's going to be. The ones who delay and are sitting back there going, I can't wait for this to be over with so things will get back to normal, they're in for a rude awakening. In this episode of E-Commerce Deep Dive, I speak with Dave Geron. He's an expert in all things e-commerce and grocery. He's the director of e-commerce for Deeds and Watson. We talk coronavirus impact. We talk uh, sales, trade marketing, uh, how omni-channel's working, how consumers are responding to Fresh, Prime Now, Click and Collect. There's a lot of content here. I got a lot of value and learned a lot from Dave. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Hi everyone, John Giorso here. Uh, thanks for joining another episode of e-commerce deep dive. Today I have Dave Geron, uh, e-commerce director for Dietz and Watson. Dave is a, an e-commerce veteran, uh, veteran of the perishable space, um, has a tremendous amount of insight uh, into both of those domains. So excited to have him on. Uh, Dave, thanks for joining. Thanks, John. Thanks for making me a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excited to uh, to get into it. Uh, just so everyone's aware, we're recording this on uh, on April second. So, uh, as a country, we're we're two or three weeks into the throes of the uh, coronavirus disruption. It's obviously impacted um, everyone's daily lives as as well as the retail industry as a whole. You know, from your perspective, Dave, what have been some of the biggest changes? Um, to uh, to Amazon, to e-commerce, just to the categories uh, that you're familiar with? Um, oh, that's um, <laughs> that's a loaded question across. Is the bit, it's the biggest thing when you look at it is what customers' trends are, what they're willing to do, and what they're to do to, you know, get the food on their table. Um, you, you know, the the shoppers who weren't shopping online, their first impact was to get up and run to the grocery stores and grab everything they possibly could off the shelf. Um, yep. Then their next step was to look going, okay, whatever was missing, where can I go online? Um, and where we walk away from for the, the positives for the e-commerce piece on that is that, especially in my world where I live is on the perishable side, is was always something that you sat there and said, consumers are comfortable of shopping more of the, you know, the standard um, non perishable cpg you know order order can of tuna fish i'm fine when it comes it's the same on the shelf or is there sure it's the perishable side that the customer's always gone do i feel comfortable here not that they they're not even going down they didn't even go down the road to try it they just chose because in the back of their mind said it always has to be done on perishable and now what you're seeing is in the world of today they're going well i guess i don't have much choice or i'm nervous about that so I'm going to pass on the store and then I'm going to try ordering online. How bad could it be? And now they're getting it. And when you get the worlds of the Amazon and some of the other ones out there who do it really good and they're getting the product and having it home and they're going, geez, this, this is just as good or in yeah. some cases better than the retail stores um, that I'm fine with this. 
um, you know, and now they're buying it as a regular. So, and as the longer this process, this pro we have to go through this process and we're dealing through the, the, the COVID-19 situation. And the more they do that, the more comfortable they're going to get. And so when the dust settles after this, um, I think the impacts you're going to see on the people who are buying there every single day right now and continue is going to grow. Um, yeah, it, it's going to it's going to stand out. Um, you know, if I were to look at numbers and based on what I see from my perspective is that consumer who before was shopped, you know, four times a month, once a week and bought all their perishables there. And now they're buying all their perishables online when the dust settles. It's going to be 50 50, you know, that the, people still want to go to the grocery store. You know, they still want to walk through there. So but so they're one every once in a while they want to go in and touch and feel and what new do they see when they didn't before but then the other shopping time is they're going to get it online at home because they're comfortable and they're safe especially when those time comes that oh i forgot something and the convenience factor factor fits in they're going to be willing to buy on a wider scale of products because they became comfortable through this through the insanity yeah interesting so you know, this is a, a conversation I know we we've had before, but grocery is a is a different animal uh, than most of the other categories online because you're buying so many different things and you're buying them oftentimes over and over and over again that it, it makes less sense to split up your purchase. If you're going to have to go to the grocery store every week anyway. You know, why do you buy seven of those items online and then you buy 13 of them at the grocery store instead of just buying all 20 at the grocery store? It's actually more convenient to do to do that than than the former. But it sounds like you're thinking that maybe that where kind of consumer behavior for a lot of people shakes out is the kind of replenishment replenishment purchases are happening online and more of the discovery is happening in store. Is that is that a a tr do you agree with that as kind yes. of a general framework? Yeah, yeah, and I yes, because you can only you know if that comparison. Okay, so you're going to go buy a TV online. Everybody has a TV in their house. Everybody's got some form of a screen in their house. They can pick up their box they, uh, that they bought it in. They can see what all the technical points of it, you know, and they go, okay, I know what I like, what about my TV I have, and what I don't like. Then they can go online and go, all right, now here's a bigger TV or a higher end TV, and they can start reading the specs and they go, yes, no, what it is. They're even doing places right now where you can test and have that TV compare TVs online of how they view and what the screen would look like. And you can make a comparison. You know, sure. when you look at the world of food and somebody comes out with something new or there's a new produce or you want to try something other than a picture of it online, there's there's nothing out there to give you that detail. And when it comes to food, especially anything fresh, people, even when they buy it online, there's still number one factor that goes by is touching it, smelling it, and tasting it. So they're mm. always going to look for that. So when it comes to something new, you know, that's still going to be a driver, especially even more so when it comes to something in the world of fresh. Yeah, interesting. So, so basically you think then a lot of the behavior that people pick up and they're forced into this, let's be honest, because of this social distancing thing right now, but you think a lot of that that's maintained will be more of that kind of replenishment purchase, just that people are going to maybe expand the products they're willing to purchase online in that kind of replenishment mode. Yep. 
Yes. Okay. And, and we're, 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 we're seeing that now, you know, um, actually, you know, what's in a lot of cases, we've been seeing that on a slower ramp. Um, even when the world of Amazon, we saw it in business happening in November when they released the free, you know, the free membership for to prime now customers to the people of fresh. So all of a sudden people sure. had this more impact. So there were, you know, since it was free for them, there was more and more people going down that road. And we saw an immediate influx in our business. Yeah. Um, and not only did we see the, you know, the new people coming, but then what we saw is, you know, for every new person that hit the site, how many people stayed and reshopped and reshopped, um, yeah. you know, yeah. the percentage was even higher than normal because again, it, it was back to that point that people who are true, prime now supporters but never went down the fresh road they were going okay um you know i'll give this a try because i trust prime now and you know give it a whirl what the heck um and then they went this is good and now it kept expanding that was step one where we saw before and the retention was staying well today's world the past three or four weeks it's changed because a lot of in a lot of ways people didn't have a choice so yeah, they sure. had to do this if they were going to have food on their table for whether it be for health concerns, time concerns with now mom's home because the kids are home from school and it's not there and or concern or they don't want to bring their kids into the stores because of the contact um, with other people and stuff. So they were forced into this and there were, you know, there were concerns coming in from people going, all right, what are we going to get? But I guess it really doesn't matter. I have to feed my family. So it is what it is. Um, And then a week later they're going, this isn't bad, you know? Yeah. And then when they order the second time, they're reordering the same stuff they did in and or trying other stuff. So they're pushing that, that test and that taste process on things they would buy in the grocery store. And they're going, okay, you know, you know, you look at it, Chicken breast. Well, you know, how bad can you kill chicken breast if you sell it online, you know, if you get it delivered to your home? But now they're looking at, all right, well, how about this flavor profile or how about that? Or, you know, I've seen it in the stores and I liked how it looked in the stores. You know, so they're starting off with the basics because they want food on their table. And as they go through each week, their assortment is expanding because they they are having the ability to build their trust in the process because of no choice other than that was the only choice they have. And now they're getting comfortable with it and the orders are going bigger and bigger. Um, And I will tell you, I mean, just on our side alone, without going into numbers, the past four weeks have been off the charts crazy of what our volumes are. Um, And I truly think it's even more, I think the biggest challenge that we all know, and I've seen that in your notes similar too, is with Amazon is I don't think they've scratched the surface of what this could be because literally they don't have the people or the capabilities or the capacity, whether it be manpower or a line of sorts or lane choices and stuff yet to truly handle the volume that they're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And and well, I mean, what, what is, what is online? uh, What is e-commerce in the grocery category right now? It's like one or 2%, isn't it? So, I mean, if that goes even to, 20%, 20%, you're talking about a 10x in volume, which is yeah. in for any infrastructure, a 10x increase in volume is very, very difficult to deal with. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if, you know, through all this stuff, you know, meetings, different th- and sessions and things that you and I have been at, um, you know, even with Bill Williams program and, and uh, sessions that he's had is 
you know, the reports and the analytics, if you asked everybody six to nine months ago that they were saying by the year 2023, the online sales purchases are going to equate to somewhere between 26 and 27% of all grocery purchases. Okay. Um, but, and then, but what does that fall within there? So first everybody goes, oh, your, has, your, your business has a chance to grow by 27%, um, you know, because of that. And it's like, oh, no, that's not what was said. What was said was that 27% of the business is going to shift to there, which yeah. means it's your choice as a retailer to, or anybody to maintain your 27% or lose 27% based on what you're willing to do or how you're going to execute against that. Now, out of that 27%, again, this was by 2023, out of that 27%, 8% of it was expected to go to home deliveries, um, and the remaining of it was shop online but pick up at the store. Yeah. Um, you know, so where that shift is, ergo, that's one of the main reasons on my perspective is why, you know, we looking at Amazon wanting aggressively to go after some form of the retail because they have the people who shop online, they have that trust in them. And, you know, especially the long-term shoppers, they trust it. They know what they're going to get. Um, but when you start looking at that 26, 27% of the number, the one thing Amazon is missing was that 17 to 18% or more that is going to be the person, you know, picking up at the store um, because the consumers, they want to trust that banner. You know, so the retailer who has a good online program, the brick and mortar retailer, they're going to get the customer. They're going to buy online, but they also know they see that banner out in front and they can get in their car and drive to that banner down the road and walk through the store and see the stuff and see what they're purchasing and see new things and then go back home and buy it online. Amazon didn't have that. Um, so, you know, ergo, I think that has a lot of impact, not only be able to gain some of that business, but also they're trying to make sure they can be a part of that 20, that full 25 to 27%, not just the 8% that's going to be d- delivered at home. Um, Got it. So, you, that- so basically you think physical retail still needs to be an important part of Amazon or any e-commerce player strategy yeah. uh, in grocery because of this kind of omni-channel a click and collect concept that really seems to be genuinely resonating with, with customers. I mean, I, I think I used to be maybe cynical and I thought, well, that's, they're just doing that because they have to justify the fact that they have a bunch of stores. They meaning, you know, Target, Walmart, uh, Kroger, whoever. Um, but it seems like, you know, in maybe an ideal world, actually, this still plays uh, a very important role. Customers genuinely find it easier to to stop by on their way home from work, have the product thrown into their trunk and keep going versus having to set a delivery time and wait around their house for it. Did, is that yep. kind of how yep. you see it? Yeah, ex- exactly for that part. And then, you know, though, you know, the one thing, you know, when I think when they originally made this analysis, you know, and I said it was to be 23 and we'll talk about what that timeline changes in sure. a second here, um, you know, as far as for people to shop and what percentages, something you're learning because of what we're going through in the past four weeks is that it's just as much as the shopping is for the consumer, it is still a social event as well, getting out, going huh. to the store, whether it just be the shopping piece, but seeing other people, seeing it. I know we shop at stores here. I mean, I'm in the stores a lot, so I know them. I mean, but there's nothing like walking through a store 
and run, running across your neighbor and you're out in the world or running into your neighbor's son who's out there and goes, hey, Mr. J, what's going on? Can I tell you what happened over the weekend or what I've done? It's it's the social event. You know, yeah, there are the people right now they are sitting going, I can't do that right now. My goal is to run into the store, grab what I need and get out yeah. for my own safety factor. Sure. But when it alleviates in a, in a fall, you know, and it relaxes a little bit, there is that social aspect. How many people do you see if you go into a store, especially in your fresh department, you walk down the produce aisle, you walk down the meat aisle and they're in there talking to the head meat cutter who comes out. They ask a question, they talk to them. The meat cutter goes out and goes, Hey, Mary Smith, how are you doing? Because that's that's part of their life. Um, Interesting. When you take that, you know, so now they get the ability, if they can find it right online, they can get the ability to of the convenience whenever they want it or need it. But then they also still have that social aspect. And when they go into the store and Mary Smith runs into the produce guy or the deli guy or the seafood guy and goes, hey, we got this in here or something new in the people's job in the stores to sell to the consumer. So they're going to do that. And then that person is going to be able to go home going, Ooh, now I can order that online too. They go looking for that as well. So I consumers really want that social interaction. Hmm. And now that they're denied so much stuff. And then when we come all out of this, everybody's there, it's going to take a long time for people to relax to some of those levels of that, you know, that social yeah. aspect and that social distancing and the grocery store is still one place. You can walk in there and go up to the deli and the deli person on the other side of the counter is still six to eight feet away from you, but you can talk to that person or the produce person is there and you're getting that social aspect with something you do and like. That's one aspect. <laughs> So the, the 20, the 2023 number then, I mean, does it feel like maybe we're getting to 2023 and in about two months here in Um, terms of acceleration? Maybe not that quick, but, um, I wouldn't, I mean, you're not going to get there that quick for a couple of reasons, but I do think the bigger, the truer number, you could see getting to that point closer to the end of 2021. And the Got reason it. why I say that is because if everything was calm and normal and as this business grew, um, it by 2023 would be a number and everybody's going, now you can come back and go, yeah, but everybody's ordering everything online. So it could happen quicker. The challenge right now is Amazon's of the world and the people who do this for a living and it's their, their primary source of it, they can gauge and get there quicker. The challenges we're seeing is on the brick and mortar retailer because all of a sudden they're getting hit so hard at the, you know, with their online because people don't go want to that their infrastructure isn't set up for this um you know some simple examples are is you go you know customer goes on there is a a brick and mortar retailer does a home delivery process okay so you're going to go on you're going to order i'm going to order my 100 items and then it goes into the retailer's system sisters they pop out the order and 30 minutes later by the time depends on how many orders have within 30 to an hour you're hoping that their little shopper is going to run out and start picking the order. Well, now with what the insanities happened at that store, that shot kid, that person is going to shop the order. And out of those hundred items, they're only filling the basket with 25 or 30 yeah. of them because everything else is out of stock. Um, so retailers now, there's some retailers out there, they're going, um, some of them are shutting them off completely because they're, 
the out of stocks that they're running are so high. There's still a flat delivery to deliver the order yeah. and it, people are getting a bad taste in their mouth. There was actually a report that um, came out from a retailer who had a home delivery and a customer was upset um, because they're not prepared for this person ordered 42 items on their order. There was a, a, a delivery fee to have it delivered to their home. The order came to their home. They were delivered the full delivery fee. And the only thing in the basket that was in stock was a pint of half and half. Oh God. You know, so yeah, that's and, a pretty everybody did everything experience. they thought should be. Now the retailer quickly sure refunded it it was I'm sure i'm sure but they just weren't prepared yeah. for that who thought that would have happened so yeah. it's going to take them that amount of time just to gear it up um you know i shared the information with you the other day as far as you know a couple retailers out there because of something like this they're actually taking if they're they have two or three stores in a town they're shutting one door they're leaving two open to the consumer and one they're converting into solely for click and pick to help prevent that that way they're they know what's in the store. The orders come in. They can monitor just like an Amazon would. And they know we have 100 units in the store. So when 95 are ordered, we start turning it off online because we're going to run out of stock. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, you're going you're gonna to see more and more of that of the short term. You're going to see if there's the big store that is bigger store, wider space aisles, that's the store that's going to stay open. If the retailer has in a town, but then on the other side of town, they have the store that's a little bit older, not as big, little, little tighter and constraints in the aisles. That's the store they're going to shut off from retail and they're going to flip it to a click and pick because the only social uh, spacing they need to worry about is their own people in the store picking orders um yeah. and so you know and using that basically in all essences is you know similar to what would be an amazon fc for a pick um i think you're going to see testing on that you're going to see more and more of that happening um and the, the faster that happens the faster they can get you know better service levels on that due to just sheer immensity and impact of what we're going through yeah. The faster yeah. you're going to get to that number happening by two, the end of 2021. Yeah. that That's so interesting. I mean, I think about my own shopping behavior and I'm a like pretty much strictly e-commerce, mostly Amazon, obviously guy. Like I, I just, I don't go to stores. It's not a fun thing for me. <laughs> the more I can avoid them, the better. Uh, that's obviously, I know that's just uh, uh, not the whole country. That's just me personally. But the irony in this whole situation is that I've been going to the grocery store now much more than I typically would because Amazon Fresh, Instacart, other services now have like five day, six day wait times and half the stuff is out of stock. So it's funny that this massive kind of overburdening of uh, these e-commerce networks in some cases has actually created kind of a disincentive um, to use them. But I, I do think that's probably a at least for the big guys, Amazon, Instacart, um, probably a fairly short-term thing as they just kind of scramble to, to catch up with it. You know, I'm curious, even outside of this coronavirus impact, obviously Amazon has been doing a lot in um, physical retail and testing different formats. And, you know, obviously there's there's the GoTech, there's Whole Foods, there's the new grocery stores that have been um, uh, announced, I think, down in, in LA, one or two locations. A lot of different things going on, you know, obviously don't need specifics, but just long term, what's your your view on physical retail uh, and Amazon's kind of 
view? Is it is it a niche thing for them? Is it a side project? Or do you think it becomes really a critical part uh, of uh, their entire strategy at some point? Um, each one, one, I think anytime, anything tied to, to food and um, bef- even before the let me let me rephrase this. If you go back to before the the COVID situation happened, all these aspects of things that they were launching, especially on anything tied to CPG and food and you know everyday needs of the consumer, um, I think they're all going to be very impactful in their own different ways. You know, they came out with the Go stores. What was it two years ago when they first started going? And we're going to have three thousand stores in a year, and they found out, yeah, that wasn't happening. Um, yeah. And to what and where it's going to be, um, but but you have to look at one. When I look at those models, what do I see? So when I see the regular standard Go store, I see a, com- a replacement to a convenience store. You're going to pick up a product, and it's expected that you're going to consume whatever you pick up for food product in that. 85% of whatever is purchased there is going to be consumed within 30 minutes. It's so it's yeah. that grab and go. It's that convenience store pickup. It's, you know, and those are all going to be driven around, you know, higher metropolis areas. Um, you know, sure. no, no cashier, nowhere in and out. I got a short, short amount of time. The, the new big, the larger format ago, the big go store in Capitol Hill, that one's a little different. It's a little bit, it's, you know, it's, two and a half times the size of a standard go store, maybe even a little bit more. I think that one's just shy under 10,000 square feet, a little bit bigger assortment, but none of the service pieces. So that's their, you know, their goal or expectation on that is that's going to be the store that people are going to go and shop. And it's not for consume within 30 minutes because people, they want people to be buy more, but it's for consumption that night or when they get home. Yeah. So, you know, so, when are you going to be gearing those time? When are the when's the shopper going to be shopping there? If that's what your aspect is, then you need to be prepared to be in business starting at 3 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon when the, you know, the person who might have grabbed the sandwich at lunchtime from the from the little go store on one corner now is going to the bigger go on the other corner to pick up what they need for dinner that night or breakfast the next morning. So um again, it's the the bigger go, it's still gonna I'll be curious to see where that one shakes out. I think there's yeah. an opportunity in metro areas, but I don't think there's an opportunity that when you get into more rural or areas because people still want to have that time to go in. They want that social aspect. That's those two. Now you flip and you talk about the store that opened up in Woodland Hills. I think they're, they they did open up last week, but it's for um, – online purchase only and i believe they it was by invite invite for a soft open is what they're doing um but that grocery store impact there that is going to be driven um that that's that's real um i truly truly believe on that that based on what i said before about the consumers wanting to have that banner on the outside of a building as much as the one on their screen that they look in online they're going to want to see that have that store out there and for for amazon to capture that 17 to 18 percent of it they they don't have a choice they need to be in that business or they're what it's going to take them and how much it's going to cost to convert the original 8% to online delivery and increase it to 9 or 10% is will be a challenge no matter how long it takes because they're still that person who wants to shop in the store a percentage of the time. So, so, uh, so Dave, does the Woodland Hills location does it have a, a click and collect uh, offering as well? 
there yep. is it is it also okay so it's it's a it's a physical store that you can walk into it's also a click and collect location are they using the go tech in that nope. one nope. okay interesting nope, it's, so it's just otherwise kind of a normal standard grocery store with yep, an amazon you're gonna, you're gonna have logo. your full you're gonna have your full service there's a full service deli in there meat department okay. seafood department so it's you know it's because you think about it, anytime you're ordering anything fresh or by the pound or stuff, the, the tech doesn't, that's it why doesn't you don't work. find any go. It does, doesn't sure, work. Sure. You know, yeah. even even on retail packaging, there's some items that Amazon would like to carry, but their tech isn't there yet. So yeah, they, they just can't because of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so my expectations is on my side is that they're once they the first door opens and it's on full launch and consumers are into it and i believe right now i don't think it's the doors are open to the public because all this just took place last week so i think they're testing it out they're opening it only for um click and collect right now um got it you know they're you you know i think it, it's actually i think it for them it'll work out because it gives them a on a lower impact since this is their first grocery store to get a chance to have orders come in that are click and collect but be dealing with the orders and not as much as the consumer so they get a chance especially those full service the deli counter the bakery the meat to be able to um process that train their people figure out maybe some bugs that might be in the system and get better sure. at that so when it comes back and they're going we're good on this we're going to open the door a good bunch of those things that any new somebody starts a brand new business runs into it they were going to have figured it out on a smaller level so then when it releases and the store opens it's all right we got not 50 percent of them out of the way now we there's only other 50 percent yeah, we have yeah, to learn about sure that's the impacts when the customer walks through the door and tries to go through the register so so the woodland hills location and i'm assuming if there's one there's going to be more mm -hmm. this one I, I i honestly i just can't figure out because what is the purpose in your opinion of doing this outside of the Whole Foods brand, because it seems just almost entirely redundant to a Whole Foods. No, is it too, is it just the level of merchandise? Is it the, the way they're approaching it? Is it? It's too. Go it's ahead. Too, it's two completely different consumers, John. It's the got it. Okay. The, the, the Whole Foods is the natu is the the natural um, that side of it um, process. You know not. Process was wrong. I used the wrong word there. It's just um, the products that are in there. They're that all natural whole. It's they're yep. that the Whole Foods competes competes with the Sprouts and the Trader Joe's sure, and sure. where they are. Where um, this Amazon, the, the the Woodland Hills, that's just standard grocery store. It's a that's, Safeway. It's a QFC. It's it's yep. just your standard. Okay, it's your standard it. grocery store. So it's two different consumer. The consumer who shops in, you know, uh, the Safeway store every single week. Yeah, that you know, there's a very small percentage of those who go into a Whole Foods. Got it. Then you, then Got you it. get that Whole Foods consumer who does, you know, who's a Whole Foods shopper. That's where they live and die with. Sure. You will never see them walk into a Safeway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so really, it's just kind of hit all these different kind of, you know, um, consumer segments. Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, very good. You know. Anything else? I know that there, there's been, I feel like we've lived through three years worth of changes to consumer behavior and, you know, all kinds of bizarre dynamics going on because of this uh, social distancing and other, you know, coronavirus uh, impacts. But, you know, in, in the world of e-commerce, anything else that's just really like surprised you or, or top of mind right now? Um, 
you know, I think the the biggest thing when I come, when I look at the e-commerce world is, you know, we've talked about the consumer's shopping habits, um, but, you know, tied to that is, you know, I look at, based on their shopping habits, what do you look at the impacts going to have in their, just their lifestyle as a whole? You know, what they're, you know, I think between the e-commerce piece, how it impacts us, but what's also happening right now, you know, if if anybody isn't thinking about this, you know, it, within three months or so, when this whole process is over with and done with, that um, the shift in what our society does as far as purchasing habits and everything, um, if we don't think this is going to have a huge impact and change people of what they do tomorrow versus what they did yesterday. Um, businesses are going to miss out because they're not yeah. ready for that. Um, yeah. So is, so, you know, so you have to, the questions that need to be asked right now on that. And I think when I look at the dynamics of the e-commerce piece during the brick and mortar and a lot of stuff we talked about today is the man, the, the manufacturer, the retailer and the, or the online only uh, provider, you know, as they're going through this, the questions they need to be asking is what did we see happen right now? What do we think is real? based on what happened right now, being that it's real and it's going to extend and yeah. what things were emergency actions and how are we going to change our business and our model and what we look at when this is over. The ones who do that right and, and understand where the consumers is, is when this thing calms down, those are the ones who are going to better shift into that what tomorrow's going to be the ones who delay and are sitting back there going, I can't wait for this to be over with. So things will get back to normal. They're in for a yeah. rude awakening. Yeah. Um, and they're the ones who are going to be losing on that 27% that switches to online. They're the ones who aren't going to have the right products in the place. They're not going to be the ones reaching out and connecting with, you know, we always thought that, you know, the millennial shopper is the, is the e-commerce shopper because they don't want to cook. They don't want to do any of those things. Well, guess what? They're learning how to do that right now because they have no choice. They're yeah. the ones calling up mom and going, ma, remember that thing you used to make me when I was a little sure. kid and I loved? Can you shoot me that? Because I got to. And so those people are going to change their lives. So that's, you know, as anything that happens between both it, brick and mortar, but, it, but the e-commerce world is people need to ask themselves as a person, as a business, where are you, where do you think that's going to fall tomorrow? And where do you want to be as a shopper? And the vet and the manufacturers and um, the providers need to know, do we know where they want to be? And everybody's going to second guess it, but the ones who are making adjustments and changes right now to help out today, they're the ones who are going to learn. The ones who are going, there's, there's manufacturers and vendors out there who are dropping items off who are saying, sorry, we can't produce for this or that. Um, they're the ones that are waiting for things to get back to normal, which will never happen. Yeah. That's great insight, long-term thinking, which which I love, Dave. This has been uh, this has been absolutely uh, tremendous. Thank you so much for being on. My pleasure, sir. As always, uh, this has been a great conversation with Dave Geron from Deets and Watson. Uh, thanks to Dave for his perspective, and thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to e-commerce deep dive on your favorite podcast app and YouTube channel, uh, so that you never miss a new episode. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon.